Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Welcome to Training Unleashed. I am your host, Evan Hackle. We have a fabulous guest today, Kevin Farrell. Kevin is Director of Training and Knowledge Management with Liberty Mutual Insurance. I've gotten to know Kevin fairly well. He's a very interesting guy and truly a leader in training. And as a training professional, happy to count him as one of us. Kevin, you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Liberty Mutual? Yeah, sure, Evan. Thanks for having me. Uh, so basically, I've uh, been in the training environment, I would say, for about uh, 15 some odd years now. Um, started out as an insurance broker, spent some time at Fidelity Investments, um, spent some time at what was Conservation Services Group, an energy efficiency company, um, various training roles, uh, everywhere from instructional design to facilitation, managing training, uh, performance consulting, and so on. Um, in my role here at uh, Liberty Mutual now, um, I, I basically handle the training for all the frontline service and sales uh, representatives, whether it's third party or internally. Uh, in addition to that, the knowledge management side comes in. So tra- thinking about preparing people for the job, right, uh, where knowledge managers built that real-time support um, as they're doing their job, whether it's, you know, uh, pricing properly, speaking of a product properly, uh, policies, procedures, so on and so forth. And uh, I've been at Liberty now for a little over two and a half years. Okay. Let me start off, Kevin, with a, you know, just a simple basic question. Why does Liberty bother to train? Because uh, I think they recognize the value of it. You know, I, I think uh, the companies, uh, I think, make a decision about, um, you know, at the end of the day, what they value, and, and that value system can vary from company to company. Um, I think uh, some companies like Liberty look at it and say, listen, this is, uh, this is an investment, um, and the end product is, is not just a person, but it's a capable person. Um, so oftentimes what I'll tell our team is that we're building capability, right? You're building capability, and, and training is a key part of that. Um, Whenever I get questioned on training, you know, you get you get a naysayer that says, "Well, you know, we can we can just show them how to do it and just throw them in there and we'll get it done." Um, I often point to the U.S. military, right? I mean, there's an example of of some of the best training in the world, right? That they invest highly in it and they take it very seriously. Um, and if you if you look at it, those folks are prepared. Um, you see individuals that come out, you know, fully capable of performing a variety of tasks, and there's a level of consistency there that's that's unparalleled. Um, I think that, that, you know, really good training builds that lean. It's an investment. And if you decide to do that, there's a lot of good things that come out of it. There, there is no doubt. Do you guys have any metrics? Do you measure training and, and its effectiveness? And if so, how? Yep. So I started measuring training um, back in, in my fidelity days and, and, Actually, there was a gentleman by the name of, of Mike Glass that uh, I think he's with Thermo Fisher now, but um, I, I considered him a really uh, great mentor. And he was somebody that was big on metrics. Um, and he was looking at just like time people were spending on certain tasks. Um, and, and that's where I get the start of like looking at things from, from a, uh, a numbers point of view. So for example, you know, how much time were we spending designing uh, a product, a training? How much time were we spending delivering it? How much time are we spending preparing it? And it really starts to, to get a clear understanding of not only 
the work and time you're spending doing things, but also the ability of people across the board in the training group. And then once you're able to identify that, then you can coach people more effectively. The next level is, okay, what's the impact? And that's one of the toughest things that I've found to measure from a training perspective because the lines of business can change. Um, I know that that fidelity sometimes, you know, it's, you could look at it from a standpoint of sales. You could, you look at a standpoint of, um, I know with, with Liberty MPS is a big thing, right? And that promoter yeah. score. Um, that's another metric we use. Uh, we've been able to look at certain metrics, whether it be the amount of sales and we've been able to put like a time frame around it that allows training to be accountable for a period of time. Um, and the irony is often when you introduce that stuff, um, Training people, and rightly so, they get concerned because there's a lot of other factors, right, that happen once that person is set out into the wild. Um, but the reality of it is what we saw was the, the trainer performance improve. Um, we found that people got more effective because they got away from worrying about, like, an L1 level score, you know, whether yeah. somebody likes something or really likes smile, something. A smile test. Yeah, the smile sheets, right? Yeah. So, um they got away from, from looking at things from a standpoint of, okay, do people like it or not, to a standpoint of, are they getting it? And, and how much are they getting it? And if I'm going to be evaluated on certain metrics and certain components, then at the end of the day, my focus is going to be much higher. And I'm going to look at folks on an individual basis and say, is he or she truly prepared? Are they, are they truly getting this? Let me sit with them a little longer and work with them. So I found that the focus improved as well. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net. T-O-R-T-A-L. Tortal.net. You know what I find interesting is people for some reason, get insulted when you suggest that they should be trained. Yet, I myself constantly am looking for self-improvement. Yeah. You know, I go to leadership courses. I wrote a book on leadership. I still go. I read books all the time. I go to seminars. I, I'm constantly looking to how to make myself better. Professional athletes, <laughs> you, know, do, you know, they practice. It's called training. Um, yeah. yeah, there's some there's a stigma that people have when you say, "Well, we're doing this training. We want you to go through it." That they feel they feel like, you know, well, you know, I shouldn't need that. I'm already a top performer. Mm-hmm. You know, do you find that in, in in you know in your roles and how? And if so, how do you overcome that? I have found it in in different places where where people tend to you know go historically and and, and not entirely at liberty. But in other companies, I have seen situations where people kind of laugh it off and say, I really don't need that. Um, what I am finding, though, is that there, there seems to be a mindset shift happening. Um, and I think that shift is being driven um, by technology. And now what I mean by that is, is technology is allowing us to do a lot of things, and that's a very wide-ranging topic. But, but what I mean um, in terms of how technology is influencing, things are moving much more quickly than they have in the past. And, and to be successful or effective, I, I don't care what you're doing. Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing, right? Um, you, you have to continuously learn. Um, otherwise, within a couple of years, in, in some industries, you're a dinosaur um, yeah. if you don't continuously learn. So 
my sense is that at least I'd say over the past five years or so, I'm, see, I'm seeing the shift where there's less of that reaction that I saw 10, 15 years ago, to your point, where more and more I'm seeing people expect it and they're looking for it more. Um, so it's almost like this, this shift in, the, in, in how fast things are moving or complementing and helping that, that training factor. What's interesting, I've been doing a lot of research on millennials. Yeah. And the millennial generation values training and personal development at work more than any single thing. They're expecting it and they want it. Yeah. I think it's more a generational thing. Um, but you are right with technology. You, you, can't, you can't sit back and, 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 uh, and, and, um, and just let it go by you. You, be, you become a dinosaur. And it, it, it's, it's tough uh, for people. And, you know, for me, I look and I am always want to be at, at the leading edge of, of, of technology. I, I'll share this with you, but I, I hope all my listeners don't listen. But anytime there's a, there's a new, like, you know, I was like one of the first 250 people on Twitter because I wanted to see it. Yeah. I've been on Snapchat for years now, now. And Tinder came out, right? A happily, happily married man. But it sounded like really neat technology, so I downloaded the app, and I'm looking at it. My wife was not very happy, Kevin. My wife was not very happy. And I said, you don't want me to become a dinosaur, do you? And she says, no, but I don't want you to have that app. So I, so I did delete the app. And I never, I never, never, ever swipe whatever direction it is you swipe to indicate interest. But I just thought, this is neat technology. I should know it. And, you know, I, I like to embrace technology. How do you just, out of curiosity, how do you train yourself? How do you keep yourself the best at what you are at? I think I have a natural curiosity about things. I know that I'd say the, 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 biggest, the, the biggest example of where I, I, I kind of had to evolve and, and really kind of taught myself a lot was, was back in Fidelity days. Um, I, was, uh, I was running a learning technology group for Corporate Human Resources. Um, it, was, uh, it was basically, we, we had an audience of about uh, – 10,000 people and it was it was director level and above at the time the prevailing wisdom was that you can't use technology you can't use online training with this audience they're executives they'll never want that right um so my job was to make that happen and at the time again the prevailing wisdom was that's not going to happen um youtube wasn't out yet but video was just starting to come around flash to just developed like the flv file so you could put video on there and it, it could happen um in, in an easier way um and I, I started to investigate the, the video piece, um, and I, I, I convinced some folks to, to, you know, can we finance some cameras, and I'll teach myself how to use them, and I read some books. I started reading news media and advertising techniques, um, and next thing I knew, I was in a room, and I was pressing record, and I was doing talking head, and um, one thing led to another, and we, we started to put some really good quality video training together. Um, I think you need to have a natural curiosity about things. I think you need to have a vision for what you want to accomplish and, and make that happen. Uh, but it's not always a one-man show. Um, so for me, I, I like to surround myself by people that have that same curiosity, right? Uh, people that, that they're smart people, but they want to see something different. They want to try something new. I think when you get that, that's kind of the secret sauce. And it almost makes that, that learning a lot more interesting. It's a lot more fun because you have a goal in mind. So I'm not just learning to learn. I'm learning because I know this is going to get us to another level. And when I say us, it's not just about me. It's, it's about the yeah. group at hand trying to do something, you know. I, I think if you look at it just from a standpoint of I'm going to teach myself stuff all day, 
the motivation is going to wane. It's, it's hard, right? Because there's, what do you, what are you, what are you moving towards? But anytime you teach yourself something, you're trying to, you know, go somewhere. Now you just use the examples with the apps, you know, when I hear that and knowing you, you know, like I have in, in, in conversations we've had, you know, I can see you looking at those apps saying, okay, how do I leverage these? How do I leverage this type of format for other things? And, and I, I've done the same thing. And I, I think that's part of that learning process. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to Tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net. I live to learn. I mean, I and I think most people in training, you know, that's why they're in training. It's because they, 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 they love learning. Can you tell us just a little bit about your role? How many direct reports or how many people do you have involved in training that you're responsible for at Liberty? So in our area, we, we, have, uh, we have well over 100 from a training perspective. Um, we have a really wide audience, um, you know, because you're dealing with third parties. So you're dealing with, uh, you know, independent agents. Um, you're dealing with your, your internal employees uh, that, that sell or service the insurance policy. So, you know, you, we have a, a pretty large audience that we have to manage. Um, and, you know, so we, we, have a, we have a decent sized group when you talk about 100 folks, but um, there's, there's a lot of work to be done. So there, we keep well, everybody. I, yeah, I, I knew the answer before I asked the question sure. because I want to give people context for my yeah. next question. <laughs> Because most training organizations aren't that large. Yeah. And how do you take, how do you percentitize your time? How do you, you know, what, what's, what amount of your time is spent directly managing? What amount of your time is spent working with peers? What percent of your time is spent strategically thinking? This might be a, an unfair question because I didn't give you any prep on this question, but, you know, but give people kind of a feel of somebody that's managing that many people in a training department, what your day is like. It shifts depending on, on what we're trying to drive, right? So if we were, if we're trying to think strategically, then I look at that as a combination of, uh, I usually like to get in the office really early and it gives me a couple of hours of dust to settle and just to have that time to think. Um, so, you know, I would look at that as kind of that strategic thinking space, but, um, Normally, that would shift to collaboration with my direct. So I'm a big believer in you have a vision and you have a strategy, but if you really want to get people on board, and this is, this is part of what you have in your book that I was impressed with, with uh, Engaged Leadership, the idea is if you want to get people on board, you, you want to collaborate with them, right? You, you want to get their ideas. Um, I, I never want to be the person that, that has all the ideas. I should have a vision if I'm the leader. Um, I, I should have a strategy that I think will we'll have you know, let's put it this way. I'll have a piece of clay that, that can be molded, probably can be made much better by others' ideas and thoughts and feedback. So from a strategy perspective, I spend time, um, you know, early in the morning by myself thinking around the strategy piece, then I'll collaborate with my directs on those things. When it comes to coaching, a lot of times that, you know, in those one-on-ones and those pieces, I, I would say I spend probably about a third of my time uh, in that coaching area either it's one-on-one or, or just collaborating with folks on how to, how to handle things. And what I find, um, I guess the biggest eye-opener for me in the, in the role I'm in now, uh, it's, it's a large group. Uh, it's a large scope. We handle a lot of different things. I think the biggest learning for me is just 
the volume of, of things that can happen. So I remember in, in previous roles, you know, you know, I was in a nonprofit and there was 800 people in the whole company. And I had a team of about, you know, 25, 30 people. And that, that seemed huge. You know, that seemed really big. What I found is as the team gets bigger, all these things that you think are big deals, they become more and more commonplace. You yeah. know, and you start to redefine like what a big deal is. And that's a big shift because you want to make sure you're spending your time wisely and knowing like, okay, when should I spend more time on X versus Y and who really needs you know, support and coaching versus someone who just needs to kind of try something on their own. That was the biggest shift in mindset for me in terms of, of how to effectively spend my time. Well, it's, it sounds like a, a challenge and something you've mastered well. We're going to run out of time, but I have my last question. Sure, yeah, no problem. To share one tip, one training tip. It can be any training tip of any kind that you would like uh, with everyone. If you have a, 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 I guess, a bucket and you have different ingredients or if you have a cake that you want to make and we'll call that cake training and you have a bunch of different ingredients you can use to make the cake, I would tell everyone that the, the most critical ingredient to that cake uh, is engagement, most critical ingredient. And it's funny because I've been a big believer in that for a long time. And uh, going back, like I'd say about 15 years ago, I remember having talks with instructional designers, like really intelligent human beings, really talented folks that would, were really big on learning theory, which I, I agree is completely important. But I'd push on the engagement piece. And um, what I often found was they would say, yeah, but you know, that, that, that's not the most critical thing. And I said, in the end, it is because without it, nothing else really matters. It doesn't matter how good your class is if your instructor isn't engaging and isn't, isn't able to really get the class involved. Um, your, your online training, you and I've had these conversations, right? Your online training, if it's not engaging, all this, th- everything else doesn't really matter. It's almost like the first domino that has to fall. So my tip is that whenever you're thinking about training and you think of all those ingredients, make sure that that engagement ingredient is top of mind and, and you start there. And as long as you have that, then you can fill in all the other stuff because without it, nothing else matters. Can't argue the point as my whole business is around engagement. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should say this for people who don't know is that I have two companies is really one, but one is total training, which is doing these. The other is called uh, engage consulting, engage but with an eye for involvement. And it's all about engagement uh, and helping organizations create higher levels of, of engagement. So uh, I, so I totally agree. I totally agree with you. And, you know, they talk a lot about, learning and if there isn't that think about stage where you're engaging that learner to think about what they're learning and and in some essence use it you're 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 not there it's just going to go from one ear to out the other because it'll sound good they'll nod their heads but they're but they're not going to get it so i think it's a truly fabulous tip we really appreciate you having you on the show and thank you thank you very much all right evan well thank you very much i appreciate it and i and i was really honored to be a guest This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.